Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Now, the National HSE Winter Plan was announced recently, but what we want to know is what the plan is locally to provide the best services possible to people in the Midwest. In recent weeks, hospital trolley figures for the region have been at an all-time high, and you'd wonder, is the Winter Plan going to make any difference? We're joined this morning by Colette Cowan, who's the CEO of the UL Hospitals Group, and Maria Bridgman, who's Chief Officer for Community Health Care Midwest. You're both very welcome to the studio. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. And Maria, congratulations on your new position. Um, Thank you. We would have had Bernard Gloucester, your predecessor, uh, here in the past, and you're taking over that role. So, uh, big job ahead. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Um, looking forward to it, though. Looking forward to it, yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll start first of all, I think, with yourself, Colette, because um, we can't really shy away from the difficult news that we reported here on Live 95 last Monday, uh, setting a record of 85 on trolleys. Was this before or after the winter plan was announced? Uh, it was around the same time, actually. Yes, yeah. definitely. So, yes, we had the highest numbers last week and, and there's times we have the highest numbers in the country. We're one of five hospitals of Model 4s, major hospitals that have high trolley numbers uh, in the in the, in the the country. Um, and, but Limerick is different and UHL Group is different and I, I'm at pains to say that um, because we have the, at the lowest bed base in the country. So capacity uh, is always slow and demand is always high. And I've said consistently in interviews that we were going to have a difficult winter. It was going to be a busy winter and that we would have crowding and that we have to deal with that. And that's why the winter plan this year is a joint winter plan and investment is veered towards Towards the community in the main, we got five hundred and fifty thousand euro. And from my point of view, I've no more beds to open. I've no more capacity at the moment. So I looked at resourcing areas to help with the crowding um, and alleviate the pressure on patients in particular. So what you're saying basically is that it's not about performance. It's just about not actually having the beds? It's not about performance. All of my staff work exceptionally hard at the front line. Everybody knows that they meet them and the management teams do as well. And it's about trying to improve year and year and I'm five years at it now and each year we get funding and we make improvements. We've opened uh, surgical assessment units, medical assessment unit extensions, stroke units, etc. etc. But the activity continues to flow inwards into the emergency department. So all we can do as a management team and with our staff staff is to uh, mitigate the risk and keep moving patients so that we get flow. So there's extra money in the winter plan. Tell me about that. So in the €550,000, I have looked at uh, staffing uh, junior doctors and non-consultant hospital doctors. So to help in the emergency department, we've put in additional registrar and and senior house officers to try and speed up um, the care and treatment plans further and get patients treated at least, but they would still wait for a bed. Then from a community point of view, which Maria can brief you on, around what funding has gone into the community, because what we're looking at is admission avoidance. So how do we keep patients out of hospital that keep them from coming to the emergency department that they have other alternatives so we're trying to focus on that equally patients who are delayed transfers of care so are discharged in the hospital we've up to 39 of those that we can get them moved to the community so we free up all those 39 beds for the patients in the emergency department You're not planning a competition with staff prizes cash no. prizes for that What did you think of that? It was all over the news yesterday St James's Hospital offering cash to staff to rush their patients out well, I think Philney Hay described it well in the Iron Emotes that it was a clumsy move. Um, I was in St. James's recently. They're a great team up there and they have a very good discharge service. Um, and it was probably just 
an incentive that uh, they didn't think through properly, it wouldn't be something I would recommend doing. And yet some people will say it was a radical idea because radical ideas are needed at the moment. Yes, well, from my point of view, I manage a public purse, taxpayers' money, and we have to use it for patient care and incentivising sums of money like that we couldn't do. Um, so I think it was just a, it wasn't thought through properly. So, Maria, will you talk to me about how what you do in the community can support the hospital and, as Colette was saying, prevent the admissions that might not be necessary and also maybe to support the people who are coming out the hospital at the other end? Um, well, as Colette mentioned, um, we have what we call an integrated plan this year. So um, we have worked um, very well together in devising that plan. Um, every week we have a teleconference on a Monday at midday um, to discuss um, all the different measures that we need to take um, based on the number of people within the hospital waiting to come out and looking at what additional hospital avoidance measures that we can um, implement or introduce or enhance. Um, Equally, um, both our management teams link on a daily basis and they have teleconferences, um, particularly on a Wednesday, to look at that patient flow. So from the additional money that we have got this year, um, we have put additional home support hours in place. We have um, ring-fenced um, 100,000 for aids and appliances specifically to um, support people getting those appliances that they need to get out into the community. Um, to support hospital avoidance, we have over the winter period, um, we're in the process of recruiting what we call a mobile doctor. So the idea behind that is that this doctor will be able to do more house visits for those that really need it and prevent people going to the ED. Um, we've also um, in the process of um, introducing an additional nurse triage. So again, to ensure that the people that um, attend the um, services are used, Shannon Doc, that they will be um um, referred to the appropriate service that's for them. Um, I suppose the big thing um, in relation to hospital avoidance is that um, we would ask the public um, to work with us and to seek, if they're ill, to seek advice and help as early as possible, not to wait until they get too sick. Um, to get that, they can of course go to their GP. Pharmacists are a very good source of information and advice. Equally, each area has a public health nurse. Um, and in addition to that, in the um, newspapers next week, there will be um, an information leaflet that will help people um, to give them advice on what to do if they're ill and how to support themselves over the winter. Um, one of the key messages that I would ask people today is that um, flu is on the um, increase and we're rightly hitting that flu season now. So to people out there that I, who have not as yet availed of the flu vaccine, I would ask them to um, avail of it because it will really help um, prevent an outbreak of flu across the Midwest area. And are you saying that to everybody or just to the people who would be vulnerable? Um, I'm saying that to everybody. I think for um, many years we concentrated at the at-risk groups, so those people that are elderly and frail or to pregnant women or to children. Um, but now we're really working on um, changing people's views and the culture in relation to that. So we're encouraging everybody to avail of the flu vaccine. Um, first and foremost, to prevent getting sick themselves, to spreading it to their families and to spreading it to the wider community. And what's the uptake like with your own staff? I know Live 95's Mike O'Hearn works with you and he gets it every year. Um, but is it good within staff? Do, do they all get it? 
well, certainly not everybody gets it and it is a choice for staff to avail of it or not. Um, over the past number of years, um, we have worked um, very hard with our staff to overcome the myths in relation to taking the flu vaccine, but also about the benefits of taking it even when you're well. So um, certainly over the last two to three years, we've had a significant um, improvement in the uptake of flu vaccine with staff. And that, I suppose, campaign is ongoing um, where we're encouraging staff to not alone just protect themselves and their families, but the importance of protecting the people they look after. Colette, Maria's talking there about trying to uh, prevent the people showing up at the ED who shouldn't be showing up at the ED. Do we have any sort of figures on the numbers of people, the percentages of the those that presented the ED who could have gone somewhere else? Um, well, ad- admission avoidance is, is the word or the term that we use around patients not coming to ED. So we get a lot of patients, over 50% of patients that come to ED that are referred by their GPs because access to diagnostics is important. And that is one area that we have to correct in the future. So when the primary care centres are fully functional and some of them will have diagnostics, that's one way where patients won't have to come into the emergency department to get access to diagnostics. So that is one that we would say there's a lot of sick patients that come to ET, if you go into our resource bay every day, the sickest of the sick are in there. Then we have other people who should consider the Model 2s, such as Nina Ennis and St. John's, where if you're feeling unwell, that your GP could refer you to the medical assessment unit, perhaps if you have a a minor injury, that you'll go to the local injuries unit. And sometimes people come to the main ED rather than travel there. And believe me, they'd get through the Nina Ennis and St. John's quicker even with the travel time if they went there for their treatment. Okay, well, we're chatting to Colette Cowan, CEO of the UL Hospitals Group, and Maria Bridgman, Chief Officer for Community Healthcare Midwest, about the winter plan. Take a quick break back after these. Now we're chatting to Colette Cowan, CEO of the UL Hospitals Group, and Maria Bridgman, Chief Officer for Community Healthcare Midwest, about the winter plan. And Colette, you mentioned before the break that people, you know, would get through the injuries unit at St. John's, Ennis or Nina, much quicker than going through the ED in Dordoyle. I um, want to show you a little injury I have myself, right? You see the spot that like? My hand, okay? Yes, yeah. For the listeners who can't see it, um, I poured some boiling water it's over nasty. my hand. Yeah, it is nasty, isn't it? Um, at the, the weekend, uh, I'm not going to tell you how it happens, basically stupidity. Um, and skin's all torn and, you know, very, very sore. But it was nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. I'd love to go to John's. John's isn't open on a Saturday. And I did consider, uh, should I get it treated? But in the end, a bit of burn cream and, you know, people keep saying, oh, should you get that checked out? But uh, I wasn't going, like, the the John's unit is not open at the weekends. And I would safely say, I'd say accidents like that are far more likely to happen at the weekend than they are during the week. Yeah, and I take your point in uh, sports injuries would be the other area yeah. where there'd be uh, a lot of that. So Nina and Ennis are open and in actual fact in the last few days we've just engaged with St John's around opening at the weekends the local injuries unit and we have funding got to assist them in doing that. The, the main thing is for us to recruit the staff to be able to do it. But we have funding got in the last 12 hours to extend uh, St John's into weekend opening. So that will help so, for uh, such injuries as your bad boy, which you should get yeah, seen. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. It'll be grand. But do we know when that will happen? Um, so I'm just engaged with the CEO there, the new CEO, Emer Martin. Um, I'm meeting her this evening, actually. Um, and the funding was given by the HSE National. Uh, we got a letter last night, actually. And it's just to see how she can get the feet on the ground as fast as possible. And that will help the service. It'll help the local injury service 
Um, so that's breaking uh, news this morning, really. That's, yeah, that's good news, yeah. yeah it's just it, to get it, it up and running. It was also reported this week that they're considering slashing the cost of attending the injuries unit um, so that if you go to the ED and do a doyle, it'll cost you €100. Euro, but if you were to go to an injuries unit, it would cost you 75 Correct. I saw that um, and was um, looking at it, of course, with a cynical view because uh, the main thing that we have to do, I've uh, no issue with slashing the cost and that people should go to the local injuries unit. What we have to be careful as management is to make sure that people don't go to the injuries unit with a, a different illness and they're quite ill for the lower cost when they should be going to the ED in Limerick. So it's to look at that criteria and we have to manage the message. I don't think it's policy, it's agreed politically just yet. Yeah, um, and somebody else made the point that there's a huge number of people who don't any, ever pay it anyway. That's true, yes. It's a difficult one trying to collect the payments from people. Okay, well look, we'll, we'll move on to uh, an issue that was raised by Mary Fogarty on this very programme in the last week and that's the issue of fire safety concerns. With 85 people on trolleys around the hospital, she was very concerned that entrances and exits were being blocked and that if a fire were to break out that it would be a serious, serious emergency. Yes, so um, Mary and Philney Hay, the secretary of the INMO, met with me. I invited them down during the week. We met for over three and a half hours. But just to talk about the fire safety, we are guided by the fire officer and the regulation and the assistant fire officer came in to see us last week and did an inspection and uh, gave me a copy of the report last night for my commentary. And we have rule sets from the fire officer around where uh, trolleys can be placed and we don't block fire exits. We also have done a lot of simulation training and have fire marshals in place so we do follow the rule set around it so I have to say that is something that we're stringent about and we do have a health and safety officer as well. That aside the place is crowded um, and we have to look at relook at that again around um, trying to give more dignity for patients and privacy because that would be the main thing that uh, comes up all of the time. But we're working with the fire officer, not against him. Um, and the other night, uh, beds were opened later in the night after the fire officer's visit. That would have been my surgical assessment unit where patients were due to come in the next day for surgery. So I have to balance the risk uh, across the hospital side for many patients and the fire officer has to balance the risk of fire. So we work closely with him. The new MRI service. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah, delighted with that. And I mean, that was again, thanks to the public and the politicians for assisting us in that bid. The MRI is a mobile unit. It's en route from Letterkenny Hospital, actually. Uh, it's a big move down the country uh, uh, on the roadways and it will arrive on the 16th of December and we want to have that operational before Christmas. It's a managed service so the team come with it and we plan and that will really assist us because on any given day we could have anything up to 40 patients waiting for an MRI scan and this new will be a second magnet as we call it. It's a specialised 3D um, scan and it will do up to 20 patients a day. Yes, yeah, some people are complaining though it'll still only be 9 to 5 Monday to Friday. Yes, I hear that. Um, the 9 to 5 service when I was doing the spec with procurement is something that we need first and foremost. A lot of the patients would be waiting on a Monday and Tuesday. That's our busiest time for scans. The weekend service, we already have an on-call service for MRI. We do emergency services. I will assess it and see uh, how it works over, over a two-month period and we can extend it into the weekend if we need it. What about the 60-bed modular unit? What's the latest? Yeah, 60-bed modular unit is uh, on time and being erected as we speak. Uh, a lot of people see the facade going up in the coming days and they'll think it's built, but there's a lot of interior work to be done. The Taoiseach it, says it's opening in six months' time. 
it's due to open in one year's time. So that was always the plan and we're on track. So the end of November, it'll be handed over to us and we have to recruit then. It's 11 million euros of revenue and 140 staff have to be recruited. So we've started that already. Okay. Um, Maria, I was going to ask you about advice for the community um, because usually we get that this time of year, but we might get you back in before Christmas and before the weather gets too bad and you can give some advice because we're bang out of time for this morning. But my thanks to CEO of the UL Hospitals Group, Clet Cowan and Maria Bridgman, Chief Officer for Community Healthcare Midwest. Call Limerick today now on 461995.